What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And we are here for our regular dose of being reminded (laughs) how important it is to say yes to spirit. And what is life like when I say yes to spirit versus Versus all the rest of the time? (laughs) Anxious and worry and all those other things I say yes to pretty pretty. Easily? Yeah, way too often. Um, And so, uh, what's our theme this week? Our theme this week (laughs) is Thanksgiving. And uh, so interesting, we've done a couple of shows in the last two and a half, three years um, on gratitude. We did a show on gratitude, and we Mm. did a show on grateful. That was fun of us to change the word up so we could feel like we were doing something. So we're doing a new show, completely new (laughs) topic called Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, But I think we probably will get a chance to talk about, is there a difference between gratitude and Thanksgiving or being grateful and Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. And uh, But before we get into any of that, we always like to connect the dots with our most recent previous show. And yes, we do like to do that, yes, don't we? we really do. Ooh. The collective we called, defined as Leslie. <laughs> um, and so as our Connect the Dots theme music appears, um, we will connect the dots between the last show, which was Fear, oh. and today's show, which is Thanksgiving. And those would be the two opposite things, right? The two choices that I have to be in a state of thanksgiving, to be in a state of fear. Probably, you said last week you can't be in a state of fear and a state of joy at the same time. And I kind of had the idea that you could have this underlying river of joy. But then I read later in the week that you can't be in a state of fear and a state of joy at the same time. So, you know, y'all must be right. If it's in a book and you said it. Wow. Wow. But um, it does seem to me that you can't. I can't be in a state of thanksgiving and a state of fear at the same time, that uh, I think I'll probably stick with the idea that there's a deeper flow of joy always there. But I think in terms of my external state of being, the human state of being, um, if I'm in fear, I'm not in thanksgiving. And if I can transform my mental human experience into and get it into a state of Thanksgiving, then that fear dissipates. That's my uh, my idea of the day. That I can, if I consciously choose Thanksgiving, then I'm going to uh, edge out that that famous edging out acronym. Yeah, let go of fear. If I'm in a state of Thanksgiving, I will not be in a state of fear. Makes sense to me. Must be right then. Two of us agree. Two or more. Must be a miracle. (laughs) That too. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've connected the dots. We'll take a little break, a little over a minute, and then we will be back talking about Thanksgiving on Say Yes to Spirit.
welcome back. You are listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and we are so glad you joined us. We're thankful. Our theme today is Thanksgiving. We're thankful. But we are thankful. We're thankful every week. Um, So, Thanksgiving. Of course, in both Canada and the U.S., we have this holiday Uh called Thanksgiving in the fall. And, yeah, it just always struck me, maybe not when I was a young child, Mm -hmm. but definitely by my teen years, I always thought it was really ridiculous (laughs) that there would be a day that you were supposed to be thankful Mm -hmm. for all you have. And what, like, what do you do the rest of the year? Mm -hmm. And especially because I grew up with a really strong religious foundation. By the time I was a teen, it was beginning to be a spiritual foundation Mm -hmm. for me, even though it wasn't exactly what I was taught. And so by then it was like, well, it just didn't make sense. If I'm going to be thankful, I'm going to be thankful all the time. You know, if I'm going to pray unceasingly, I'm going to be grateful unceasingly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that stuff was never expressed, but it always seemed a little kind of strange to me. So we could be talking about Thanksgiving any time of the year. Yes, we can. Because it should we be. We don't, but we can. Should, quote unquote, should. We shouldn't, should. But, you know, there is the idea, there's certainly the way I would want to try to live my life is being in that state of gratitude, that state of thanksgiving. And I do think there's, interestingly enough, I do think there's a little bit of difference between gratitude and thanksgiving. To me, it seems like gratitude is a is a state of my being and that thanksgiving is some sort of external giving of something. So I'm being thankful yeah. to you. I'm letting you know. I'm being thankful to the spirit, to the one, to it. And, you know, I'm I'm feeling thankful seems to be more of an action kind of state and a feeling of gratitude seems to be more of a of an internal being. Yeah, that if I'm grateful, it's an expression of my internal, it's my feeling or what my thinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, I was going to say it's very mental, but it's more than that. There's a feeling of being oh, yeah. grateful. So. Yeah. At the same time, if I am, Thanksgiving does, because of the giving part, it has the verb and it feels oh, yes. like I am expressing it in some way that's observable, measurable, appreciatable, and um, I am giving thanks. I am through my actions. Although it's it's hilarious as I think about that because, yeah, okay, it's Thanksgiving and we give thanks for our family and for having food and for, you know, being alive. And how many people, of all the people I have heard talk about going home for Thanksgiving or going to be with relatives for Thanksgiving, they don't seem to be giving thanks for that. It's like I must go because it's a family gathering. Mm-hmm. but I don't like my family very much. Or I love my family and there's always so much drama. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to give thanks, but they're not in mm-hmm. a grateful or thankful mood. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's true. And then it's always such an interesting, because I, I guess I have had a family tradition for, what, 55 years older than I. It started before I was born. So every year of my life, my mother's best friend, growing up, lives in Fort Worth, which if you live in Dallas, it's not that far of a drive. And for 55 years, we've gone back and forth on Thanksgiving Day, one year at their house, one year at our house. And um, and it was, as you said, it was a, an event that I dreaded because they have a certain standard and my mother has a certain standard and I never quite meet up to that standard. And so the so the actual meal or the actual Thanksgiving experience on the day was always very stressful for me. I always felt not quite like I measured up to do it and then I would, you know, just not like it. And Later on I started to drink heavily during it, so that made it a little bit better. And um, 
that the idea that I have this feeling that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and it, it, that it, um, you know, gives an opportunity for everyone to stop and be conscious of being coming thankful. And I like that. I like that idea. And it was always kind of funny to feel my own inner angst in terms of the actual event versus the theme of the day and how I would I couldn't really reconcile the two. I think a lot of people have that experience. And growing up, well, yeah, growing up, I didn't particularly like Thanksgiving because more often than not, uh, extended family came to our house, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I've mentioned on the show before that my mother might not have qualified for the hoarders show as it is today, but that was her general nature. And so having people over, having family over for Thanksgiving or Easter or, you know, whatever, always meant this you know, in the 48 hours before the day, every waking moment was not really, was about cleaning, but really about hiding, like moving stuff from one place to another. Right. And putting it behind a closed door or, uh, you know. And it was a flurry of activity in getting ready for other people, which I realize now it was that, oh, I'm not worthy of having a home that is that looks like this all the time, mm-hmm. but it's important to do it for other people who are going to be here for three hours, you know. And of course, none of that psychologically did I get probably till I was forty, <laughs> thirty-five <laughs> or forty. But I never really liked the holidays, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then we there'd be cooking, and then there'd be the cleanup afterwards, right? And it was all as the youngest child. It's like it was always a big responsibility for me. So um, so it's really interesting because I didn't enjoy, you know, and I had cousins and stuff my age, but I didn't really enjoy their company, mm-hmm. um, and it was mostly adults. So, um, yeah, so I never grew up hating the holidays or hating Thanksgiving, but by the time I was a teenager, it really was one of the, like, the questions of life, pondering, like, why would you only be thankful on Thanksgiving? I mean, there's so much hustle and bustle, and shopping seems even more important than the actual giving of thanks. And no one in my family really... Really, I mean, we do a prayer at Thanksgiving dinner, but we do a prayer or a blessing before every meal. And other than that, these people don't seem to be so thankful for one another, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think I went a long time of not thinking about or really celebrating, probably almost 10 years of not thinking about or celebrating Thanksgiving. Oh, that's fantastic. You just said no um not quite <laughs> i didn't i i didn't do family oh, stuff ah. but you know by the time i was in my early 20s i was um not married but i was in a committed relationship with a young man who i later married mm. and his family on the other hand i actually if i look in tracy's dictionary mm-hmm. of family, mm-hmm. and there were three or four pictures, I would put his family as one of those oh, pictures nice. in a lot of ways. They taught me a lot about love and family and relationships nice. and commitment. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was very lovely. <laughs> um, but And so Thanksgiving for them was a big thing, and I often, in the in those early years, actually, I was there every Thanksgiving because I went to grad school you know, 40 minutes away, school would be out, and I'd be at their, staying at their house for three or four days. And the thing that really was different was that they actually lived in a Thanksgiving way all year all long. Time, right. So then Thanksgiving Day was fun, mm-hmm. and it had an extra layer of meaning. But they were grateful all year long. They said thank you to each other all year long. They would, you know, send cards or 
just buy little silly gag gifts all year long to say, I really care about you and I'm glad you're in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, the sons in the family, you know, bought little trinkets for their mom, you know, or would do funny things. So that, I think, brought it back into Mm -hmm. my life as, oh, if you are living it all year long, then the day set Mm -hmm. aside for it just becomes like icing on the cake Mm -hmm. versus the cake. Right. And it it is a, a chance to, if I don't always live in that state, it is a chance to kind of stop and have the opportunity to reignite that connection or that commitment or that conscious choice to be in Thanksgiving. And I think it's fascinating that um, Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. Yes. And the idea, you know, that there's a lot of um, psychological down times. I'm not going to say depression, but downness to the holidays. People get... You know, it, it, whereas we have this this idea that it's all this good and this excitement, Not but for it, everybody. yes, and so those people that aren't experiencing that, it seems almost more dramatic their feeling of down. And so I always thought it was an interesting idea that this period of Thanksgiving before period of Christmas, if I could really double down my consciousness in getting into that state of thankfulness and getting into that state of awe. You know, I think if I'm in a state of being thankful, I can just kind of be in awe. And and if I'm in awe and I can kind of detach from what's happening, I can see the bigger picture and it can all, you know, the pattern makes sense. It's when I'm in my little square <laughs> and starting to get very fearful of my little square that I just get, and my anxiety can just turn in on itself and become very, very big, very, very scary. But um, if I can pull away and see the big pattern of the quilt, then um, I'm, I'm less likely to get overwhelmed in that fear. And I think Thanksgiving is an opportunity for me to just double down in my feeling and my reminding myself and awakening to and becoming conscious again of, you know, there's a perfect pattern at play. And, um, you know, all I have to do is is be thankful. And we haven't talked about this, but the idea of um, receiving, you know, opening up the uh, energy force for more good to come, um, you know, thankful for other people, and then how do I let other people's thankfulness for me come in, you know, how do I keep that energy cycle going, receiving the, the the good? Am I thankful and I let myself receive the good or am I thankful and think, oh, I don't deserve that, I don't deserve that, so I just block it or deflect it and don't let it, you know, kind of soften and go within and create this sort of wellspring of, authentic Thanksgiving that I can then give out. Exactly, because you've received so much, it just overflows into your actions and the way you talk and how you are with other people. I agree with you completely, Um, and you know, I mean, a couple years ago, my whole theme for the year was receiving. Right. That, you know, even though I am thinking I am open and ready to receive, clearly I'm not getting a lot of new stuff or expanded exposure in my life. And so there must be on a subconscious level, I'm blocking mm-hmm. my ability to receive. Or even, you know, at that time, I could remember things that people had offered to me. Mm-hmm. And I had said, oh, that's nice, but no, no, thank you. Or, oh, no, I don't really need mm-hmm. that. And it's like, oh. Not only are, am I blocking my own good, I'm blocking their blessing mm-hmm. of giving. Mm-hmm. And how often do we do that with with God, even, with, with the universal spirit of what's being offered? And even if I see it, I'm saying, 
Oh, no, thank you. I'm fine just where I am. I'm fine exactly with all of my problems that I've been complaining about. I'll just stay here. Thank you. And so that whole, when I read that, um, that, that one line in Living with Science of Mind where Ernest Holmes writes about expanding your receiving center, mm-hmm. it struck me so powerfully that while I am grateful for what I do have, I'm really not opening myself to more. Um, a guy at our center named Dale reminded me of about three weeks ago, he was in the class I was leading and he shared um, you know, a concept that I'd heard many, many times but I hadn't thought about in a long time. And he said, yeah, and one day someone told him and it had stuck with him for, he, he uses it almost every day. And it's the idea of don't let your good block you from your great. Mm that, you know, we're sometimes we get so busy focused on being grateful for what you have and giving thanks for that, that we are like in our subconscious mind, and that's as good as it's ever going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 it's really good. And you know what? It can be twice that good or mm-hmm. ten times that good as long as you're ready to take it to the, take life to the next level. And I get reminded of that a lot with my coaching clients, you know, when I'm working with someone and then I see where they go. Or I look back three months ago and sometimes one month ago, but, you know, and it's like, oh, my goodness, they set this intention and look where they are. And they weren't screwed up when they started, (laughs) you know, they were they were in a good place when they started, but they had this intuition or they had this inkling or maybe they had this problem in one area of an otherwise very nice life. And when they started paying attention to that, they, you know, took their life to another level. So I think Thanksgiving is not... It's not the end, <laughs> and that's not quite, but I think you know what I mean. It's not, it, it is, I'm grateful, I am giving thanks, and I'm giving thanks for all that is to come by being grateful for what I have now and who I am now. It can be an opening mm-hmm. instead of a closure. Right. And I, and I think that's true. I think it is an, an opening. If it, if I, if I look at it as, thank you. May I have another kind of idea that? Uh, oh, I like that. That I can really open, you know, continue to deepen and to continue to receive at a deeper and deeper level, and um, and not uh, not limit, like you said, limit my own good. I uh, have been. On and off the last bit, Oprah and Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. my two favorite people now, um, do these meditation series on and off. Every few months there's another opportunity to do them. And um, I listened to one a few weeks ago that talked about receiving and being open to receiving, and the mantra was about receiving. And, and in that day that I started out that morning that way, then that during the course of that day I had somebody offer me some money for some gas. I had uh, a, a new client call. I had the energy to fill out an expense report that I hadn't filled out forever and ever, and there was one other thing that happened that I can't recall now, but there were four things that just, you know, came about in that 12-hour period that I was focusing on receiving and then my human mind, of course, goes into, well, that's just, you know, that, that just, just can't be. Yeah, that right. just can't be that easy. That can't be that easy. And, of course, it is that easy, but that whole discounting that so quickly instead of saying, oh, every day can be like that. And how to get, again, you know, to detach from that. I'm, I'm really into this metaphor of my little square of the quilt um, can get 
fairly crazy. And that, how do I detach from that and, and remind myself of what I really know? What do I really know? And how do I operate off of what I know versus what I'm experiencing, what appears to be occurring? Yes. And how do I not get all up in that hamster little trail? Why do we call it a hamster thing? Is that what the hamsters do? Hamster wheel. wheel. Yeah, that's right, the hamster wheel. I never had hamsters. Jesus, but thank the you idea know. of that, Can I guess. Can you imagine they being get on. with a hamster dared not, not, I not, am? Not, <laughs> yeah, you're not really. Of moving that would be as close to a rodent oh, as you would. Geez. Yeah, you would not do well. No, I would not get that close You would not to do well. Rodent. You would not do well. But... Um, but that idea of, you know, how I can get on that wheel. On it or off it? On it or off it, but I can get on it and, and, and be pretty consumed with it. Be and quite entertained and mm-hmm, focused. Mm-hmm. And you're busy. You're mm-hmm. moving. Yes, yes. You're doing yes, stuff. Yes, right, right, right. Mm. And how to, how to get off of that. See the big picture and be thankful. And be thankful. And my little, uh, little Oprah-ism is, you know, that... Um, it's funny because she'll, she'll say all these kind of science of the mind kind of little bumper stickers now um, in terms of, you know, I have to accept where I am before I can, you know, move on. But what is, is. And to accept that and to, to, to not settle in that, but to accept it, to not, to not have my mind or my energy be off into the future or, you know, back into regret, but to be totally in acceptance of this moment and that kind of opens up again. It opens up that flow for things to actually happen. And you get to choose mm-hmm. what direction you go from here, right here, right. right now, in this situation. Okay, so where do I want to be in five minutes from now? Or where do I want to be five days from now? Mm-hmm. And then take the first step towards that. And then guess what? That situation is no longer in control. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we spend a lot of time arguing the situation, denying the situation, <laughs> mm-hmm. ignoring yes, the situation. Yes, yes. We do a good job of hiding mm-hmm. from the situation, which really just means we know it's there because we're always setting our boundaries based upon it. When we could just accept, oh, that is. That is what it is. Okay, if I want something different, mm-hmm. got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Seems so simple. <laughs> yeah, twelve step programmers will say it's so simple it's hard. It's so simple it's hard. And how to remind myself in that moment? I was talking with someone this morning, and she was wanting to be kinder to her partner of twenty years, and finding herself always being short or sarcastic or you know antagonistic. And so, you know, what can you do to remind yourself in that moment? What can I do to remind myself in the moment the truth of who I am so that I don't react out of that fear, out of that what, what probably has been a, at least a 10-year habit for her, you know, and, and how, to, how to jump myself off that train track. Sometimes it really does take a, you know, put a rubber band on my wrist kind of thing, you know, do that instead of being sarcastic or keep a little stone in my pocket and, touch that when I'm feeling the need to react or feeling the need to be in fear, to somehow give myself some external, or judgment, give myself some external cue to bring myself back to the truth. Um, Because there's so much openness, there's so much love, there's so much good in that truth. And when I limit it in my fear, then that's, that's me putting up the shutters, walking the doors. And so I like that you um, actually kind of jumped onto the bridge called, so what kind of practices can we do Mm. that represent that? And I love that, carrying a rock or using the rubber band that we, and we use those in other situations too to remind us. Um, One of the activities that often comes up, um, and, and I used it just last week with the class, was the, you know, the just saying what you're grateful for ah. for a certain amount of time. Like if you're driving from, you know, until I get to the next light, I'm mm-hmm. going to say out loud things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, waking up in the morning. Um, while I'm brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. 
well, you could be thinking about what you're grateful for. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't say it out loud. Yes, right, right, right. Your brain would be very confused. Yes, yes, yes. Um, or, yeah, when I did the um, five-minute spiritual practices class a couple of years ago, someone said in the shower that is what they do, that, you know, when the moment the water hits them mm, nice. in the morning, that mm-hmm. they speak out loud things mm. they're grateful for mm-hmm. while they're showering. Mm-hmm. And so every morning that's mm-hmm. their routine. And, of course, people have been doing it for decades, if not centuries, but Oprah made it famous when she suggested that people keep a gratitude journal every day, right? Three Wasn't days. it an original idea for my Oprah? <laughs> That's the attitude of gratitude with the AA, yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, but what we did was these, um, the exercise where we had one person, as we have people in partners, as mm. partners, and we have one person ask the other, what are you grateful for? Just one thing, you mm-hmm. know, what's one thing you're grateful for? And their partner would respond, and then the the asking partner would ask again, what are you grateful for? Right. And they would just keep that up. What are mm-hmm. you grateful for? Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? Um, for whatever time limit mm-hmm. I gave them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because some people will start off really slow because they're just not used to expressing it, mm-hmm. verbally especially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what am I grateful for? Mm. And then if, let's say, it's a three-minute time frame, right? you know, and in the first minute is like agony for them. And then they start to get the hang of it, and things start coming, mm. you know, in the second minute. And then by the time the three minutes comes up, they're like, oh, no, no, don't stop. I'm just getting started. Mm. And then other people will start off really rapid, really rapid, really mm-hmm. rapid, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then they start going deeper and deeper and, you know, and it seems like it's way too much time. But right near the three-minute mark, they'll have this, oh, my God, you know, really this dropping into this depth around what they are grateful for that they never even think about. Mm-hmm. So... um so we're not going to go three minutes, but I was thinking what might be fun for us to do mm. is to just not do the question back and forth, but just share things we're grateful for, like alternating. Ah. Are you so up we'll see, for that? We'll see spontaneously which kind of person I am. Am I that person that can think really fast and run, or do I suffer at the beginning and then pick up at the end? I do both. I, I do both. Get some chronic about you. Just, yeah, uh-huh. it just depends on the day. Are you up? Are you, I, are you know always, Trace. Whatever you want to do, I'm there with you. How long do we have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> How long do we get to do this? Two minutes? Two, let's do two minutes. All right, let's do two minutes. Since we're live. And if you're listening, well, of course you're listening if you're hearing <laughs> this. So as you listen, what I encourage you to do is for you, for the two minutes, like we're not doing this just to entertain you, <laughs> but to give you two minutes to actually say out loud things that you are grateful for as so well. So you're suggesting they shouldn't be listening to what I'm grateful for? They should be making their own list? We'll hear it. Ah, okay. And they should be also <laughs> making their own list. Okay. I am grateful for life itself. I am grateful for my flotation device. I am grateful for hot chocolate on a cold morning. I am grateful for my understanding of how life works. I am grateful that I have a car that is reliable, runs well, and is cost efficient. I am grateful that my journey is mostly watching the story now instead of being the story. Mm -hmm. I am grateful for a home that feels like home, not just a place to drop my stuff. I am grateful for receiving, learning to receive, being willing to receive, understanding I deserve to receive. I am grateful for my spiritual community, locally and internationally, Centers for Spiritual Living. 
It sounded like a little plug. A little it did. I like that. But I dot love com. It. Yes. Uh, I am. Is that two minutes? Wow. No. Oh. I, I am. I am. One minute. Okay. I am grateful for reading glasses. I am grateful for food in my refrigerator. I am grateful for four-legged children. I'm grateful for electricity and that the electricity company, like, gives me electricity, trusting that I'm going to pay them. (laughs) I am grateful for my sister. I'm grateful for good health. I am grateful for good friends. I am grateful for my three years of Say Yes to Spirit. (laughs) I am grateful for Tracy Brown for doing this with me for three years. I am grateful for, oh, I just hit a blank spot. Oh, wow. That's unusual. I am (laughs) grateful for actually having the mental ability to do the things I need to do. I am grateful to be able to go into Dallas County Jail and see women really in um, some fairly dramatic external circumstances coming into touch with the truth of who they are. And I am grateful that we did two minutes of gratitude and could easily have gone another two minutes. Are you affirming that? Do you think that's really true? We could? Yeah, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It's like it caught me off guard when when my mind went blank for a minute. But what I think that was, was I am grateful for every damn thing. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, why are you listing these individual things? You're grateful for all of it. You know, that's kind of what was happening. It wasn't like, oh, my, I've run out of things to say. It was like the immensity mm-hmm. of all of life itself. You know, I could just sit in one place and look around and you know, name things for five or six minutes that I'm grateful for that are right here physically. So it's a fun fun practice, but it's also a very deep spiritual practice. It's very meaningful, very meaningful. And it's interesting, one of the things that we um, suggest to the women in the jail to do is a week long, every day for a week, to list 25 things every day. And it can't be the same 25 things. So, wow, at the end of seven days, what is that? That's like 150 things, right? So it's really amazing, and you're sitting in jail. So, you know, you take out the idea of, you know, having any kind of decent food. It's your grand- <laughs> but you're grateful to have food at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you become, you're grateful you become to have grateful somebody else. All, right, 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 right. You're grateful to God brings you the food. <laughs> you're great. I mean, yeah. It gets down to you. It does all that. And it's really fascinating. You know, it's it's always so true. Um and it is such a blessing to watch these women because there's 64 of women in this particular pod. And it's such a, I see myself as those 64 women. And it's interesting to watch because on any given day, there's a group that's not working their program. That's just mm-hmm. gossiping and doing hair and watching bad TV and just talking about all the negative things in life and being really bitter and resentful. And then there's a the group that's, you know, doing their homework and, you know, it's hard and it doesn't feel easy and it's, you know, they're kind of bitterly doing it but feeling forced to do it and, you know, wanting to seem like they're doing the right thing. And so they're kind of in that kind of real, it's a it's a chore kind of thing. And then you have this group that it seems to be just fluid. They just seem to embrace the affirmations and the different, um, you know, work doing their step work and doing some different trauma uh, things that we offer them to do, and they seem to just really be in the flow of it. And it seems to be effortless, and you can their, their energy is very vibrating in a very different way. And I, when I look across the spectrum of that, it's like all of that is within me at yeah. any given time. Yeah. And how I approach my day, or approach this situation, or approach this thing, you know will be the way it plays out. It will play out as I approach it, in the way that I approach it. because the way you approach it is already predetermined whether it's going to be... No, that's not true. Stop yourself. 
Okay. How I approach it is predetermined? No, it's not. I get to choose, don't I? <laughs> There's that look. There's that Tracy Brown look. I don't get to choose how I approach it? Yeah. Once oh, okay. you choose how you approach oh. it, that determines. Oh, that determines. Okay, I misunderstood that. I was agreeing oh, with you. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, I see. thought. Okay, good. I'm just saying. I just wanted to make sure you weren't saying it was like predetermined in a certain way, one way. No, our, our choice predetermines ah, thank the you. direction. I missed that beginning part, our yes. choice, yes. Once yes. I choose, it is predetermined. <laughs> Which yes. is different than once I choose, it's predetermined. Mm-hmm. Once I choose, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. predetermined the direction in which this will flow. Mm-hmm. And it, so what else? Oh, and no, and, it, and it's just it's a it's a fascinating thing to think of if I'm coming from, you know, a mental state of thanksgiving yeah. or a mental state of fear or a mental state of you know one one you know when's the next shoe going to drop or a mental state of um, gratitude and, and joy and and receiving the good, it is, um, it's just like turning a page. Yes. It is. And another thing I do with the the women in the jail that's kind of interesting that I, I like to do with myself in terms of um, understanding what I'm doing or how I'm doing to look at what's around me as a mirror. Uh-huh. Um there's so much language of judgment and oh I did this right or I did this wrong or I did this good or I did this bad but to look at what I'm doing and how I'm acting as a mirror of what I'm feeling inside and to try and try is not the right word but you know to allow myself to just see that and not judge it but just take the information in oh I really was unkind to that person, so therefore that's giving me information that my internal state is, is not at peace versus, oh, I was unkind to that person, I'm a horrible person, what the heck's wrong with me, how can I keep doing this, and going into all of that. But using that information as a mirror to say, oh, I did this, this must be a reflection of something, and now how do I then shift and, and, and choose a different behavior that will then mirror, will show me in my mirror, what is that? Ugh, I don't like children's stories, but what is that? Looking glass, looking glass? What is that? Ugh, I don't know. It makes me very nervous even saying it out loud. Sleeping Beauty? Oh, yes, I don't know. Why do all who's those childhood the, things make me very nervous? Who's the fairest one? Oh, that's just, oh, something really crazy happened to me while those movies were playing, obviously, because I mean, every time anything like a childhood movie, I just have a visceral reaction. You know, it is but, interesting to read or watch the movies of the of the childhood stories. They're scary. As an adult. They're scary. <laughs> they're scary. They're also very spiritual. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, they also have very deep spiritual lessons. Oh, well, I've That's missed that. I, mean. I missed that. And, um, yeah, I think it would be quite interesting to do. No, no, I couldn't do it. You'd have to have a guest speaker. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I don't know. It makes me very nervous. Wow. And speak. I see. <laughs> the seven dwarfs? Oh, what was that? Ooh, is that Snow White? Ooh. But anyway, a mirror. I oh, think a mirror. Actually, the mirror is Snow White and the seven dwarfs. Oh, That's right. And not Sleeping Beauty. Oh. Different story. Oh, the two, oh, see, I thought they were the same. Right. Snow White mm. and the seven dwarfs. She ran away. They protected her from the evil queen. Ah. So anyway, the mirror, though. <laughs> we can stay with the mirror and I won't hyperventilate. So that's good. Just to look at my behavior as a as see myself in a mirror, know how I'm doing, how it's going. What other spiritual practice might keep me in a state of thanksgiving, Tracy Brown? I think that's a good question. <laughs> you got nothing? Oh, well. I mean, I have lots of stuff, but it... It's in this moment feeling like it's the same old stuff. Like the fear that acronym you, that you, you don't want to, it's just too tried and true. Yeah. Like, you know, all the things that, that we can always use. Obviously, we could do meditations. We could find guided meditations related to gratitude and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We could, um, or use con- thanksgiving as 
something we are contemplating in our meditation. We can do devotional reading mm-hmm. around gratitude, around Thanksgiving, around being grateful. There's, you know, no shortage of of um, books or information on the Internet. Um, but individual things beyond the gratitude journal, the, you know, the take two minutes or take five minutes, you know, a lot of the 52 a lot of the uh, five-minute spiritual practices mm. are about being grateful. You know, I wonder if there, it, it, you know, that five-minute, I like that, it, it just five minutes a day would shift everything. And as I do whatever spiritual practice, whatever it is, that then leads, you know, it kind of, it's like a river that flows into yes. the Thanksgiving comes as a byproduct of that. So anything that I'm doing that is, um, you know, spiritual practice in nature would would then I think ultimately create that that experience of Thanksgiving. And I really kind of been stuck on this idea that Thanksgiving is a more active word than gratitude. And, yeah, I um, totally agree with that. Just it requires us to demonstrate our gratitude. It requires us to take action. Mm-hmm. I know for for years I was always um, much more interested in sending Thanksgiving cards than I was sending Christmas cards. And I always liked the idea of sending Thanksgiving cards. And that's another thing we would do with the women is we have them write letters to all the people that they're grateful for that have done things for them and perhaps in their addiction. You know, certainly in, in addiction people um, do uh, damaging things to relationships and so to step back and send a letter of gratitude saying, you know, gosh, thank you, Uncle Fred, for, you know, letting me come back and live with you four different times, yeah, you know, when I would take advantage of you or steal from you to feed my habit. Um, and it was interesting always to uh, watch what the women would get in response. I'm always fascinated how forgiving and how loving and how kind people are when we reach out and say thank you and I'm sorry and I and I acknowledge and I see what you did for me and I see how I stepped on that or I wasn't grateful or I took advantage. And boy, it is very rare that they don't get that letter back that says, you know, I love you. You know, it's all okay. And it's just, you know, somebody reaching out and, and putting down that, what is that, that palm leaf? <laughs> or that, you know, kind of, I'm going to put down my sword first. Oh, and, the uh, olive branch? The olive branch, thank you. I do. like palm. Palm, olive, yeah, yeah. That, um, you know, make that outreach and, then, and, and say how grateful I am. It, uh, it means a lot. I believe... Ooh, we could do two minutes of that. I believe. No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I believe that I live in a friendly, loving universe. So, when I reach out, mm, right, in hum, in humility, or in gratitude, mm-hmm. I believe that most people, most of the time, Mm -hmm. will return that same energy. Right. Right. And I think that's what happens in situations like you described. Someone who knows that they may have hurt people or they begin to recognize the people who've been their support or been on their side, even Mm -hmm. though they didn't really think of it that way. Right. Yeah, when you say, I'm sorry for what I did, and or even without the apology, I really appreciate that you're always there for me, mm-hmm. that it opens up that place in them that they may have even forgotten about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that calls them to be the physical expression of God in human form. Right. And that's really the Thanksgiving ultimate Thanksgiving is giving the God within me being outwardly demonstrating, connecting to the God in those around me. And it kind of um, 
I think you said earlier, it kind of puts an exclamation point or it makes it deeper or more better, more better when I'm consciously um, coming from that state of, of spirit within versus some other human feeling. I was just thinking about two very different approaches to Thanksgiving that I've been exposed to um, and just like any other quote-unquote holiday or any other spiritual practice, that's not unusual in the human form, right? But I, it hit me, at first I was thinking, yeah, I was remembering a Thanksgiving where I went to dinner at a friend's home, a colleague's home, not someone who I hung out with a lot, but I liked, and I went to Thanksgiving and it was more like the cultural experience of Christmas because now that I think about it, all, almost everything was focused on being thankful for material goods. And they they lived in probably about a 5,000-square-foot home and, you know, beautifully That's decorated. Big, right? <laughs> and... Um, and it was it wasn't the humility of being grateful for the fact that they have the life and the money to live in a place like that comfortably. It really was about the being thankful for all that they had, but there was this undertone of entitlement and um, superiority. Uh-oh. That that's now that I think about it, and and I realize that you hung out with them. Well, I realize that's <laughs> one of the reasons why I think of this person as a colleague more than a friend, mm. because I actually have one of my very 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 best friends in life. Now, on the surface, you know, kind of would fit that description. Has a five thousand square foot home and lives in a very affluent part of town and has a lot of material things. And on the other hand, he and his wife are very um, grateful and humble and from a spiritual place operating Mm -hmm. that, you know, yes, I worked hard for this and it expresses you know, my dream of life, living a life I love, but it doesn't define who I am. Right. You know, there's a difference between the things defining who you are and having things because who you are is a child of God. Right. Right? So, um, so yeah, that very difference. And then having, you know, several other Thanksgivings, one of my traditions used to be, to go serve the homeless on Thanksgiving Day right. and on Christmas Day. And um, and so having done that for a number of years where people are so grateful, mm-hmm. you know, that those are some magical Thanksgivings and you think you're homeless or you're, you know, living at the Salvation Army and you don't have any material goods except what's in the suitcase that you carry around all day or in the shopping cart that you push. And to feel the depth Mm -hmm. of the gratitude that right here, right now, I have a hot meal. Mm -hmm. I may not have a hot meal for another week or longer. Or I have everything I own is with me and I you know, have a bed to sleep in. It's not my bed, quote unquote. It's not the same bed every night, but I have a bed to sleep in. And I give thanks for that. The energy is so different. Just being, kind of becoming aware of the different human experiences that people have, um, I think reconnects us with that sense of oneness because if I'm only around people like me, quote unquote, um, then that sense of oneness is is pretty superficial and pretty easy to see. Oh, we're all one. We're all kind of hanging out. We're all kind of doing the same kind of thing. But 
when I'm around people, you know, in very different human experiences, whether it be on the extreme of, you know, bigger and better or lesser, you know, human, quote unquote, um, seeing the connection or the oneness in with those people that aren't like me, quote unquote, that's when it becomes deeper and um, more. Uh, I would, I would, I guess you know, more in connection with the truth that we're all really on this core level very much the same. Um, part of the uh, program that I work with in the jail, we have a relationship with SMU, Southern Methodist University, which is a nice little school in Dallas, Texas. And um, they're part of their humanities department. They have to do, kids have to do a community service hour so, so they can have a choice of coming in to do them with us. And um SMU has a reputation of being an affluent school, people having a lot of money that go there. And um, a couple of girls came a few weeks ago and they, you know, had this experience for the first time of going into a jail, A, that had not been part of their life experience ever, and B, they were able to hear some of these women in jail stories and some of their trauma and some of their, you know, external circumstances. And as they were leaving, they were very clear that their lives, they had really had a transformative, in those two hours, they got to see that this person in prison has a lot in common with them and that they have a lot in common on this human level with someone that they have nothing in common, you know, in a human experience level. Right. And that these women became you know, alive to them in a way that they had just been this sort of population out here, over there, not not me. Right, a statistic, people I'd never want to be around, mm-hmm. no one I know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, everyone you know, everyone you know is just like one breath or one action away from being this person who's in jail. And this person in jail is literally one action or away from being side by side, in school, at this Ivy League school, level school that you're in, that could be your mom. Just one choice. Or your mom didn't get caught and this one did. You know? Right. What would be different in your life if, especially for the college student who comes in and, and they see someone or hear someone talk who is 20 years older than them. It's like this mother, this person could have gone to school with your mom. And, you know, this person could be you because there's a lot of young girls in the jail, sadly, a lot of 20-year-olds. And that humanity of bringing that oneness that, and then being thankful or, or having that sense of gratitude for what is, you know, and again, the women in jail can find something to be thankful for, and those SMU girls got something, you know, deeper to be thankful for. And one of them said, I'm going to go and mother and tell her that I'm, you know, sorry for being such a brat, you know, kind of thing, because then they became thankful for, you know, more core things that they just kind of took for granted. Love it. Thankful. And I am giving thanks for this show. (laughs) It's a good thing. That every week we get together and we start with a topic and see where spirit leads us to of being reminded that it is always a choice whether or not to say yes to spirit. That's the only choice that matters. Yes. So that's it for today. Hope you'll join us again on Say Yes to Spirit. Um, and check out the show page. <laughs> Sounds like you have something really interesting to say, but no. No, not really. Uh-huh. So check out the show page and see what's coming up for future episodes. And until then...
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.